there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. Welcome to the Mind Your Own podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And this is going to be not like a mini episode, but just a little bit of a shorter episode. Both Sasha and I have had wild weeks. And so we're <laughs> just uh, we're just going to, you know, keep things a little bit on the lighter side as far as not doing a full like hour long episode like we yeah. usually do. But that doesn't mean our topic isn't very important today because it is. As yes, it, is. it is. But first, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listened to last week's episode. If Depending on when you're listening to this, if you haven't and you want to go listen to Tough Conversations Continued, um, we basically like went pretty hard on a topic that I knew was going to... Um, you know, have people are going to have some opinions on the reverse. Right. And I thought people handled it really well as far as there were no, like, attacking of us online. And, you know, we wouldn't have attacked anyone else on the reverse. So just that uh, that opportunity to talk openly without, you know, having anyone threaten yeah. us was great. So, you know, <laughs> maybe stops on the Internet. But, no, you know, it kind of goes back to the fact that, like, we do need to continue having important conversations because the more we have them, the more that we, you know, for instance, I don't know how many times I've seen this in the last week where people have talked about um, influencers and influencers mm-hmm. making the, like making the point one way or the other of over why they should or should not share their viewpoints. And sometimes you hear influencers say, well, you don't come to my page. We talked about this a lot in the last episode, but they say, Mm -hmm. you didn't come to my page for news. You didn't come for this. But at the same time, like you follow people because you want to know that what they're sharing with you is authentic. It's genuine. It's what they believe. And it's not that they need to like spend. Yeah. I I, I don't need an influencer to like, I have seen influencers who do a really nice job of like building in here are the things that matter to me beyond me trying to sell you a pair of shoes. Um, And so I kind of have watched that where people, you know, it's the whole idea of like stick to the thing, stick to sports, stick to something that isn't specific. Um, Just stick to whatever. Um, But I'm kind of glad to see that it seems that that might be shifting just a little bit where more and more people are coming around to the idea of like, it's, it's okay to allow people to be human. Yeah have human opinions and feelings and everything else. A hundred percent. We're not kind of noticed that too, there, but we're getting there. Yeah. I think that uh, I saw something. I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody was talking about like, just like the next, the generation behind us and the generation behind them and how things are just so greatly different, even between those two sets of, you know, Gen X or there. And then I think it's Gen Alpha it comes after that. Mm-hmm. but just how things are so incredibly different. And then also like just the evolution in seasons as people. Um, so like I'm, I'm a Gen X 
or millennial. I might be actually saying I'm too old to be Gen X. I'm sorry. I'm a millennial. <laughs> but anyway, millennial just like, power. so many we millennials <laughs> are having these, are having the children that are Gen X and Gen Alpha and then just how, how, you know, technology's changed. And so I think that people are more willing, becoming more willing and, and able to maybe be able to have comfortable, uh, uncomfortable conversations, excuse yeah. me. Um, but I think too, that just with as much stuff has happened in the last two and a half, almost three years um, yes. for everybody, I think that maybe hopefully that's, that's helping to be able to cultivate constructive conversations, mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily like trying to sway one person one way or the other, but actually like being mindful and listening to what other people, how they feel about things and why. I've noticed that a little bit, not a ton, but a, a little bit is, is more than none. Maybe to have some progress. Yeah. Also, I always forget that we do these on video now. And like, I'm so glad that like, I kind of did like a fist pump, but I want to just point out that have you ever tried to say one word and then you start to say another word and it's kind of like in Mean Girls where she tries to say good and great or cool and great and says gruel. Yeah. Like I almost gave like a thumbs up, peace sign, fist pump <laughs> all at the same time. And like, I don't know what was going to happen there, but I'm glad that it worked itself out before the camera caught me doing whatever my brain was trying to like work itself out to do. But though I will say over the last, you know, few months, honestly, one area that has really, really sincerely bothered me is the conversation around Brittany Griner. And anytime there's any kind of update on her situation, the, the comment section, especially on Twitter, just turns into a volatile mess of like, yeah. well, you shouldn't have had drugs with you, blah, 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 blah. And there's just a lot of like taking the Russian government at face value. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of like, you know, well, you know, you, you didn't, you could have, you could have handled, like you didn't, there's just a lot of really bad opinions yeah. on this. But the reason that, like, and we've brought Brittany's situation up a number of times on this podcast. She has been detained in Russia for um, basically on a drug charge. And it, so it's basically she's going to be, she's facing 10 years in prison if she's convicted for essentially having hashish oil in Russia. I don't even care if I pronounce that right. It doesn't matter. But she allegedly had, you know, however much is like not, I don't think any amount is legal in Russia, but, you know, th that's neither here nor there at this yeah. particular moment. Um, we have seen new photos of her because of her trial starting. Um, she has now officially made an appeal to President Joe Biden, a letter um, which I don't believe that anyone has seen the full letter. It's just we're getting snippets of it that have been shared publicly. Um, her agent, uh, Lindsay Kagawa Colas, said the letter was delivered to the president on Monday. Um, most of the content remains private. So again, you're not going to have anyone like really necessarily, unless I guess somebody chooses to share that more broadly, but her representatives did share some, uh, pieces of that note. She said, as I sit here in a Russian pr prison alone with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic Jersey, or any accomplishments, I'm terrified I might be here forever. Um, so that is, I think the fear that all of us have is that um, Brittany is going to be in Russia far longer than she should be. And I'm, 
you know, we're starting to see more and more people speak up. Obviously, I, I will say it's so it's so hard because I've seen a lot of people who are going, if this was LeBron James, he wouldn't still be there. If this was Tom Brady, he wouldn't still be there. And I actually disagree with that. I actually think like any person who was detained in Russia would still be there. The question is, what does the media coverage look like if right. it was LeBron James or I if think it's Tom way Brady? different. Now I mean, everywhere all the time if it's one of those two. Yes. Now or if if maybe if, any huge male athlete. Yes. And it's really, really important, though, to be like we talked about this on a previous episode, and I'm going to reiterate this. There was a period of time where her friends, family, representatives did not want people to talk about it. They did not want Russia to really have a full understanding of what um, they, they wanted. They wanted to see if they could get her home without this turning into a political situation. So that was the big kind of initial piece of it where people were getting really frustrated because they're like, no one's talking about this mm -hmm. since that time. Like it, it was a couple of months now where her family, you know, in the process of the United States now, you know, talk, determining that she's been wrongfully detained, essentially. Yeah. Um, it is a free for all now where her family, friends, representatives welcome the attention. They want as much pressure as possible. Not, not so much even on Russia, but more of the pressure on the United States to figure out how to get her home. Yep. That's the thing that hasn't really shifted, in my opinion, is like you're just not seeing a ton of coverage. It, that's where I think when we talk about if this was LeBron or if this was Tom Brady or if this was Patrick Mahomes or whomever, like you would have wall to wall coverage on every nightly news. It would be the cryon, uh, the cryon, Chiron. Is it Chiron? Yeah. Cryon? Chiron? Cryon? Cryon? I have to look this up I now. I said it correctly this weekend, and I, I now my brain, Chiron. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a Chiron. Okay. <laughs> or is it pronounced Chiron? No, you're right. It's Chiron, but is it, it looks like Chiron. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on that journey today. Um, but you'd have, like, everything would be just plastered yeah. with their information. And I, 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 I think it's just, like... You, one, the WNBA is massively underrepresented to be represented to begin with, but I do think we're starting to see across the board, and I take this on as myself as a member of the media and especially the member of a sports media, is I think there's we're seeing failings where like people just don't know how to cover these things. Yeah. When it isn't sort of like a, you know, person that fits like the oh, we always give them all of the attention, you suddenly are like, how do we cover this? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, even just kind of looking through, by the way, like, you know, Sasha was looking for the story when I said, let's talk about this. Like, even just kind of Googling it, um, it it's it's not amazing um, how many, like, things you kind of have to weed through to get to the yeah. information. Like, um, I will say there's a couple of instances, like a couple of so CBS News, who I have the the article currently open right now. They not only have um, the story itself about the letter, but they also spoke with uh, Brittany's wife, Sherelle, on CBS Mornings. So they also have her perspective, um, which, again, like this is just like the bare minimum is speaking with people that know her, getting yeah. information. But I'm like, at least CBS Sport or CBS, excuse me, CBS News has this. Her wife said that she is probably the strongest person that I know. So she doesn't say words like that lightly. That means she truly is terrified that she may never see any of us again. You know, I share those same sentiments. Um, 
she has Sherelle has only speaking only speaking spoken the words don't matter anymore spoken to Brittany through letters she had been she was supposed to have like phone calls set up and everything else and has not been able to um this is probably the heartbreaking part is that um Sherelle said it kills me every time that I have to write her a letter and she's asking have you met with them yet and I have to say no um so she she says like essentially I think she wrote him a letter saying like well if my family has tried to no avail I'm going to try to do it myself um so they the the Griner's family has not heard from the White House, Joe Biden, directly. Um, I want to be very hesitant, knowing that, like, I don't have specifics in the inner workings of how the government works. So I'm not going yeah. to, like, I don't want to, like, wade into all of, like, what should and shouldn't be done on that. But I do feel like at some point, like, just making contact with a family would be a nice thing to do. Um, yeah. Because... I don't know. It's just kind of, it's just getting to a point where like I, okay. Like I said at the top of this conversation, the amount of people whenever you start to talk about Britney's situation go, well, she shouldn't have drugs. Like let's just listen to this. So she was arrested at the Moscow airport in February. Uh Russian officials claimed she had cannabis oil in her luggage, right? Okay. That's what it is. She is being charged by the Russian government for a large scale transportation of drugs. Like basically saying that she's trafficking drugs through Russia. Like that's that's how I read that. That is not what was happening. That's not the case. And like even in the videos they shared, which like even if they tried to doctor them or like position them in a way to make their case seem stronger, they're not like how much, how much drugs do they think that like, we all saw them pull out of her suitcase? Like, right. come on. Um, a small struggling charge is 10 years in Russian prison. Um, by the way, when you all are listening to this episode, if you are listening to it, when it drops, her trial will have resumed one day after this, her trial is set to resume on July 7th. Um, but yeah, she's now being charged for, large-scale transportation of drugs. Um, her trial has been delayed several times. Um, it's just chaos, to be honest. Yeah. Like, and I'm getting so, like, I think I'm so fr flustered and frustrated in what I'm trying to say because, like, I don't know how to tell people to just care about other people. That's what I was going to say. Like, it <laughs> it doesn't matter to, in my, to me Right now, as we're having this conversation, anybody who is against, you know, marijuana or whatever, I, I don't, I really don't give a crap about what your feelings are on it. The fact is that a, a United States citizen is being detained in Russia by what appears to me to be a political ploy for other reasons. And that is what should be concerning to anybody who is following this or looking into it or reading about it. Like, that's scary. Yeah. And the fact that like, so she goes on in her letter and says to President Joe Biden, I realize you are dealing with so much, but please don't forget about me and the other America, American detainees. Please do all that you can to bring us home. So uh, this is coming from the New York Times. A White House spokesperson said that they would they would not say whether the president had received the letter. So I guess I incorrectly stated that like, I should say the White House received the letter. I don't know if he has received it, right. but uh, provided a statement from Adrian Watson, a spokeswoman for the National Security Council. 
She said President Biden has been clear about the need to see all U.S. nationals who are being held hostage or wrongfully detained abroad released, including Brittany Griner. The United States government continues to work aggressively using every available means to bring her home. Um, she added that the president's team is in regular contact with Brittany's family. So I, I'm guessing like there's probably the rub of like the team versus him directly. Again, um, it, like I said, I don't want to like, I, I don't know the inner workings of how things, but like, I would say like at some point, like, I, I think it's, he could probably reach out, but what right. do I know? Um, we, so legal experts expect her to be found guilty just so that we're all on the same page here. Um, it, there's bias in the Russian judicial system. So this is a quote that's coming through the New York times. Um, William Pomerantz is the acting director of the Kenman Institute and an expert on Russian law. This is what he told New York times, the New York times about essentially what is going to happen in this case. There's a bias mainly because the Russian judicial judicial system says they really should not go to trial unless the defendant is going to be convicted. There's no real idea or expectation that the defendant could be innocent. There's no presumption of innocence, really. So whereas, like, in the United States, everyone is presumed innocent until proven guilty, like, everyone has that. That is not the case here from people who have studied Russian law, who understand what's going on there. Um, they would not have taken it to trial, essentially, there unless they basically assume that she is guilty and that they will find a, a you know, a guilty um, verdict. Um, it, It's just like... I don't know. It's just really disheartening that like I'm sitting here feeling flustered and at a loss for words watching like, you know, just terrible thing after terrible thing after terrible thing happened in the United States. And here's this other terrible thing. And it's just like when I when I share my like frustration with this, where it's like I understand it's not as easy. Like we're talking like and the New York Times dives into this in this story. They're talking about like, you know, prisoner swaps like there's there's a lot of like things that might have to go into making this happen for her to come home and like I get that these are all very nuanced discussions of like government practices that I don't understand we don't understand we won't be privy to the background things that are happening but at the same time like I think the part that really really gets me is I'm hopeful that the United States is working as hard as it can to get her and anyone who's detained home but I just don't love the fact that every time this conversation comes up it is always met by people who want to go she did this to herself and she essentially deserves to be in this situation right it is such honestly a thing. it's such a heartless way to to exist yeah it really is and and when you brought up earlier what people would essentially say or how how the the conversation would be different if it was tom brady or lebron james like you're damn right that it would be because i guarantee you those comments would be more along the lines of oh my god i can't even believe this it's not even that big of a deal so why well, is the conversation different and honestly, I'll say this too, to take it one step, like if it was like Tom Brady and LeBron, there would be more people who are saying LeBron deserves it than there would be people saying that Tom deserves it. And that's the part that's like, you know, when we talk about just like things that are systemic in our society, the way that we think, the way that we view situations, the way that we, um, you know, we we have faith in one place and we're hesitant about people in another and we give certain people the benefit of the doubt, but we um, pass judgment on others. I, I just, you know, I see it a lot in sports where 
it's, it's how people speak about athletes. You know, a young man or woman of color who is speaking to the media and um, I don't know how many times I hear, oh, they're so well-spoken, which implies that like there's a reason they shouldn't be well-spoken. Right. And if you point that out to somebody, they always go, well, that's not what I meant. I just meant like, oh, they, they, they yes, I get, they, they're like, you're saying that like you're surprised by like the way that they are speaking. Mm-hmm. Now you might be saying you may not, your intention may not be what you're, what you're essentially implying, but your impact is different than your yes. intention. And I, I like, if you truly feel like, Hey, this person has a way with words, say yeah. that. Say wow. That they, way. they have a way with words or wow. They're, you know, th- they have a really like, you can, you can compliment people and you can speak about, um, like they have a really robust, like if, if somebody is like spitting out, like, you know, really like w- wild words, say like they're eloquent, eloquently speaking, like, because sometimes just, people, I mean, just do really have a way with words. Yeah. You some can, people just have like, are there's, there are some people who say things where I'm like, what is that word mean? Cause that is impressive. Um, <laughs> right. And like taking note of like people's like, like there's nothing wrong with like noting, like if somebody is an excellent public speaker yes. or somebody is um, a very, uh, you know, there are so many like, you, basically you can compliment people without having something that is a um, basically a, a a racially charged statement. And I think for myself, like I'm always cognizantly aware of that because like I, or at least I try to be, because it's really easy to stumble into things that like, you know, how do I compliment somebody? How do I, so instead of saying they're well-spoken because there's a lot that is packed into that one statement, adding things like, um, yes, they have such a way with words or they're so intelligent. They, they, they convey a point very well. Um, you can speak about people, but it's also like being aware of like how then you also on the reverse when you talk about a white athlete, um, how you're talking about them and how you may not talk about them being well-spoken or mm-hmm. whatever the case is. And I just, you know, like, like I said, if it was, if it was LeBron, I do think he'd get more media coverage, but I still feel like a lot of people would be like putting a lot of blame on him. And there's a lot of systemic racism that is built up in all of these things. And yeah. um, whenever you bring it up, it makes people uncomfortable because they don't want to feel like, they don't want to feel like they're, um, you know, they, people don't want to be racist. Um, at least most people don't. Um, I would assume I'm making a big assumption there, but I would assume. Um, so it's an uncomfortable word because when you bring it up, people get, they get very um, upset by it because they're like, that's not my intention. It might not be your intention, but instead of getting upset, instead of going, you know, instead of being mad that somebody pointed it out, maybe take a moment to reflect on like where your impact with your words are, because we said it a lot on this podcast, like just because you don't maybe have a giant following or whatever else, like you still have impact in your communities. You still have, you still have influence on the people that you know and the people that you're friends with and you surround yourself with. So like using words, your words matter. And I don't know, I just, I I think like, it's just really unfortunate to watch the way that like people are speaking about Brittany Griner and her case, because it just feels heartless, but it also Mm -hmm. feels like there are a lot of people who are not doing any like soul searching of why they're speaking about it the way that they are. Right. 
And that's, you know, we've, we've done a, a few episodes on, on, you know, intention versus impact. Um, you know, really what it, what it takes and requires um, to know the difference between the two and how it applies in your own life is legit just paying attention. Mm -hmm. If somebody is informing you that something makes them uncomfortable or it came off to them a certain way, it doesn't mean necessarily that that was your intention, but that was your impact and that both of those things matter greatly. That's and what you, we're saying when we're like, your words matter. That's what we mean when we're saying that. And there are times where like, I, I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I have said things where I regret them to this day, where I wish I wouldn't have said them in the way that I did, because yeah. the way that I intended them to come across did not have the same impact. They did not land in the way that I, you know, maybe had hoped. Yeah. And I have to sit there and think about that. And like, the, dif the difference of like how I, I've always viewed this is like you, you can go one of two ways. When somebody points out like, hey, that really hurt my feelings or, oh, that did not land in the way that you would hope, you can either double down and get defensive and go like, you misunderstood. Mm -hmm. You are wrong. Mm -hmm. I did not mean that. Or you can step back and be like, I did not realize that the way that I said that was going to have that impact. And I'm very sorry. And they may not, they may not, you know, trust you or feel the same way or whatever, but like all your job is at that point is just to ensure that it doesn't happen again or yep. to learn from it and grow from it. And I, I'm guilty of, you know, saying things that I shouldn't and having to learn the hard way that, you know, that way, but like, yep. I, I always have respect for people that are willing to listen and learn and um, do better the next time. And, yeah. you know, you may not ever show that person that, hey, this like I've changed. But like if that's what you're trying to do, then that you're not doing it. You're not doing it for the right reasons anyway. Like, right. It should be about sincerely wanting to evolve and be a evolve. better person. Um, yeah. there's so many, the reason that I didn't really cut anything out of the last episode is because I thought having people hear what those conversations can sound like was super important. Um, because I mean, it had a huge impact on me that I may have misspoken. And I was like, then spent the rest of the week trying to figure out the most appropriate way for me to be as inclusive as humanly possible when you're talking about very delicate subject matter. Um, but that's that's what we're talking about. You don't have to be like, I understand the shame that sometimes happens when, when somebody points something out to you. It's not a reflection of you as like being a bad person. It just means that there's some learning to do. And taking those moments when you feel that sometimes and like legitimately doing some work and having further conversations with people to learn more and grow more is the whole entire point, honestly, of this podcast. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's what we're trying to get at. I mean, and if us stumbling and then like fumbling through things sometimes helps in any way for anybody else to see something differently, or even appreciate a different point of view than your own, then that's, that's what we're doing here. And, you know, for me as a sports reporter, like when I think about Brittany, and I mm. think about like, if like, you know, I have not like I'm not a court reporter. And like I will say there there are people who they understand how to they they understand how to speak about things that like I just don't. It's just not mm -hmm. my it's not my area of expertise. But like I do try to think about how I am reporting on things and conveying things that when I do tell a story about somebody that I'm being very mindful in the way that I am presenting them. So that way um, I'm doing so fairly and with respect and, um, you know, 
I always go back to this and I, I think this will always be a foundational moment in my career, but I will never forget as we were getting ready to release the 2020 Hale Varsity yearbook. And it, it was a cover featuring DiCaprio Boodle, who is a fantastic human. Um, but former Husker Josh Mitchell reached out and was like, hey, you know, with everything happening in the world right now, George Floyd had just been murdered. His whole thing was, you know, you're about to like release and celebrate this cover that features a black man. And it just kind of feels like Hale Varsity has been ignoring everything that's been, you know, happening. And it kind of goes back to when we were talking about influencers of like where people stand is it's like my my brain was like, well, where, you know, where do we need to like say, well, Hale Varsity doesn't, you know, and I don't think Hale Varsity has ever shied away from tough conversations. We've published things that have made people very mad before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought that was something where it's like, this is why diversity matters. And this is why diverse voices matter because me as a white woman had not even like, it had not crossed my mind in the way that it crossed um, Josh Mitchell's mind. Right. And um, the fact that he one was willing to call us out, but then continue to have that conversation. And I think about Josh a lot. I think about how do we continue to fairly represent those that we are covering and how yeah. do we not shy away from tough conversations, understanding that we still have, you know, a job to do as far as reporting news and certain topics and coverage and all of that. But like, how do we make sure that we are being fair to those that we cover? And so I've, I've thought a lot about that in the last, you know, two years because of that conversation. And, you know, I think it would have been really easy to take offense and to want to turn it and be like, you don't understand. But at the end of the day, no, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And I hope to now have a better understanding and to continue to try to strive to grow and to be better. And so, you know, that's why when we pitched this podcast idea, it was really important because yeah, you know, there are people in the sports world that are going to be like, I don't want to listen to that. But you know what, if it has opened anyone's eyes, to like the fact that, you know, athletes are people and they have things that matter to them. And we're going to talk about that. Then we have accomplished something. And that is really all that matters to me. And so like, as we talk about Brittany, if you are somebody, I don't think we always say this, but I do mean it. If you're somebody who's listening to this and like, you do truly feel like, you know, well, then she shouldn't have drugs. Like I really implore you to listen to yourself and to go seek out why you're, why you are responding that way. Like, why are you, why are you saying that? Because there are, there's so much nuance, this conversation of like, why is she even having to play basketball in Russia? Right. Right. Like, why are we even like sending our WNBA players off to other countries and volleyball players and other sports? Because we don't have the opportunities in the United States, the greatest country in the world. And we don't have the opportunities here for athletes to excel. Come on, we can fix that. Um, But that's kind of like when I, you know, say that, like I just did about, you know, the United States has a ton of potential, but like we often fall short on a lot of these areas where like we can really truly support people. And so I just think like, instead of getting so reaction, like so reactive toward like, well, she shouldn't have done this, maybe have a little compassion and be like, why is this even a situation she was in? Yes. A thousand percent. Like, and it it doesn't really take a whole lot in order to find out that information. I think a lot of times it, it gets frustrating, a little frustrating to me when people will like either read a headline or start conversing about a topic and demanding answers and saying things without 
really looking into anything on their own and then expecting other people to hand them all the answers. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't tell you how you feel about something, um, but I guarantee if you go and read a little bit, you might find yourself more a little bit more of a compassionate person. Yeah, it's just, I think I... I think I'm always constantly just trying to challenge myself that like, I don't have the same worldview and world experience Mm -hmm. as everybody. So because of that, it should not be my place to tell somebody that their worldview is wrong. And, um, I, I just, you know, I, we were going to keep this a shorter episode, so we'll kind of wrap it up here. But like, this is, this is something that stood out to me is I saw a tweet, uh, yesterday on the 4th of July, and it was of this young woman who was watching the WNBA game at home. And she finally got to go to a WNBA game and see these players in person. It was the first moment in her life realizing that she, this little girl, could grow up and become a player like all of these amazing women because that seeing it, she could she could envision it for herself. Mm-hmm. When we talk about representation and we talk about creating spaces for um, all, it's because of what that representation does. And... So I just think when I think about Brittany and what she is going through, she is a um, black queer woman who is currently detained in a country that doesn't have any interest in, you know, giving her any kind of grace. And like the United States should not be the place that's piling on. Like we need to be the place that like people who are seeing this going, um, I may not understand but like I have at least the compassion to say that this is this is not how this should be. Right. She should not be here. How do we fix the WNBA so that this kind of, the, the, we don't have to send our athletes overseas um, to play just to make a living? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like how do we ensure support for anyone, both an athlete and non, when they are overseas and or beyond? And it's just I don't know. I. I just think that like the more that we going back to that, we have these conversations and we keep pointing out that like Brittany is a human Mm -hmm. with a family that wants her home, just like anybody would. This could be any person in your life. And like, you'd want them home too. Like, shouldn't we all show that compassion instead of spending our time on Twitter yelling about how you should have known better? Like you don't, how, how are, how do you know any different? Like, how do you know better? I just, and you wouldn't say that about your family member or your friend who is in the same position. So why are you throwing that out there for somebody else? Just because they're not directly in a, in relationally in your life. Like caring about people is free. It's like one of the only things that we have left on this earth that is free and within our control. So like yes. try it. Just try just, it. Just try it. But, you know, we'll be hopefully back next week with uh, – my, my, my brain is just like I said, but I, I have said this so many times before. I do appreciate this podcast and all of you tuning in and listening as we work through our own feelings and like have those like stumble moments and stumbling through things. Cause it is also a really good processing point. I really encourage you all. Here's the thing. How would this, if we give you any kind of challenge for the next week, go have a tough conversation with somebody or bring up a conversation because even if you stumble through it, I promise you will walk out on the other side of that conversation, you know, in a better place because you will have had the opportunity to just kind of like work through your own like thoughts and like sometimes working through your thoughts vocally is a really, really good thing to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's, it's it's a really good exercise too because I think that you figure out a lot of things real pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and if you don't, then you take whatever uncomfortable parts with you and you keep improving upon those uncomfortable parts. 
Exactly. I mean, there's stuff I'm going to go process about like how I'm like, why is my brain not processing through this? But I mean, I do, I do hope that like, please go look up some information about Brittany Griner and kind of what's going on. Like her, like we said, her trial is going to start just the day after this podcast is released to the world. So by the time you are listening to it, more information should be coming soon. Um, but just keep an eye on how it's framed in the media and keep going and sharing as much as you can. That is something that we can do is share and, you know, just make people aware that she does not deserve this. Um, and even if like you sharing something, you might change somebody's mind who also wants to then go help and support and put their voice behind it. We all have voices and we can use them, um, in some way. So, you know, here's hoping that, um, you know, don't feel great about the trial itself, uh, resulting in anything other than, like they said, a guilty conviction. But here's hoping that we can find a way to get her home and then we can start building. Well, we don't have to wait. We need to start building safer spaces for all of our athletes across the board. Um, so they're not put in positions where they can be used in the way that this is being used, because this is this is not humane. It's not it's not no. OK. So. Oh, yeah. Well, Sasha, I always appreciate you just letting me ramble on and talk about my thoughts. So, well, thank you as always. A lot of times you're saying everything that, like, I, I, we agree on, you know, a lot of things, but like you're saying what I, what I would say. So, thank you all for listening to me, you know, ramble Ooh. through some of that too. I thought you were going to jokingly say, thank you for listening to me, listen to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been pretty good. Um, but no, we do appreciate you all, as always, for listening and tuning in. Um, also providing grace to us. And hopefully, you know, we give you a space where you can kind of process through things as well. We will be back next week with a bigger episode. Um, probably a little bit more thought through now that, like, hopefully, um, you know, it's it might be summer, but busy time. So, yes. thank you for thank you for tuning in. Again, we'll be back next week. Take care of yourselves. Until then, we appreciate you. Appreciate you. Bye. A Huda Media Production.